Welcome to episode 69 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, we're back to two Batman episodes this week. Um, two pretty solid episodes, I'd say, although very tonally different. Yes. Yeah, because we're talking Joker's Millions, which is just like another kind of flat out comedy episode oh but it's so good it is really good yeah we had two i've loved these episodes this week i think these are some of the best to come from the new batman adventures i i honestly wish i hadn't ever read about this clayface episode because this is i feel like one of the you had had you seen this one before no i read about it when we started the podcast oh all i think there was that, that list mm-hmm. like that article of like the the top 10 like yeah. tear jerk moments from uh, the DCAU. Yeah. And, and this episode was number two on the list. Was What was number one again? Um, Justice League. Um, oh, the man. Ace. Oh, Ace. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's some, oh, some really good ones. Um, yeah. So we're talking about Joker's Millions and also Growing Pains, mm-hmm. which, yeah, two, two absolutely fantastic episodes. Nothing to do with the TV show. Nothing. <laughs> Who's even in Growing Pains? Was I don't that, know. <laughs> was that Michael J. Fox? I don't think so. I could look it up. I'm not going to. Um, what's interesting though is so the Joker's Millions was flat out written by Paul Dini, which is you can just see it, it's right there in the mm-hmm. writing. It's so much fun. He's also in the episode, he is in the is episode, great. he's got a great cameo. But then, so uh, he did he has story credit on Growing Pains as well, it's okay. not actual like written page credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, these are absolutely fantastic. So, but real quick, I guess we have a tiny bit of news, not too much really this week. Yeah, um, did you see the Suicide Squad Hell to Pay trailer? Is that the new animated one? Yeah. Yes. It looks basically the exact same as the last Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Like, you can't tell the difference no. between them. It just, you know, I watched it a second time. You're like, well, maybe I'll, like, I'll be more warm on it second time around. Not really. Mm-mm. It looks very generic. You Did you like the uh, Assault on Arkham? I did, actually. Okay. Did you not? I didn't. Really? Why not? I don't remember. Well, that's real useful. Yeah. <laughs> I... I don't. I thought it was fun. I then felt like that was the plotline, more or less. They should have used come actual Suicide Squad film. Yes, absolutely. Just because I think it makes more sense. Like that's the whole point of Suicide Squad is they should be doing the dirty work that like they would never want the heroes to touch. They shouldn't mm-hmm. be saving the world. They should be like going these like crazy assassination missions. Which that's basically what this new one looks like. I guess they're going after Vandal Savage. Right. But it's probably gonna become again like a world saving thing at the it, end. It always is with Vandal Savage. It always is, and like I love Vandal Savage. Mm-hmm. So, but I just I'm not I'm not super excited about this. Like the voice cast, I don't really care about. I mean, I love Christian Slater. I guess that's like <laughs> it's interesting to see him doing Deadshot, but I don't even like Deadshot that much. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, we've brought it up before. The the DC animated films have not been great these past few no years although i've heard good things about gotham by gaslighters haven't watched right. it yet we, yeah we talked about we that should, last we should week. do that one at some point I, yeah probably yeah probably <laughs> yeah i just if we were good at this podcasting thing <laughs> hey we're not that bad i mean <laughs> i didn't make any inappropriate jokes at we the made start it of the episode weeks so, in. yeah exactly I know. See, I know. I no, no dirty jokes yet no i'm i'm gonna be good i'm not gonna make a single no nope, joke don't 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 start it now. No, I'm not going to do okay. it. Okay. I'm not going to do uh, it. Do you want to briefly talk about Oscar noms? Yeah. I mean, because there's a little bit in terms of comic book movies. So uh, Logan became the first ever comic book film to get a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination. Yay. Which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I then saw a whole bunch of stuff talking about the fact that Wonder Woman didn't get any. And I, I don't 
think it was worthy of getting any Oscar nominations. I I agree. I think the the movie was kind of its own milestone yeah. of being this super successful female-led superhero film, which a lot of people didn't think was going to be able to happen. No, yeah, especially it, after Marvel saying that wouldn't work a couple of years ago. Yeah, and then it comes along and it does great, and it's two thirds of it are great, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's enough to the movie anything. itself. Right, I don't think it's Oscar worthy. No, like I mean, it's nowhere near the level of Oscar nominated film Suicide Squad. No, oh <laughs> god, I mean, yeah, because so it, I mean, definitely no, definitely not Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't think even Best Director. I think Patty Jenkins did do a really great job, and. But I don't think it's enough to warrant Best Director, not a Best Screenplay. Gal Gadot is great in it, mm-hmm. but is she better than all the people who were nominated or even those who weren't, who maybe should have been? I'd say probably not. No. Um, and yeah, I guess it could have gone up for some of the technical awards. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the like the list of technical awards, and it, it's all the, the kind of usual suspects for that category. So it's all like... You know, that's where Star Wars is getting nominated, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Star Wars, like, sounds, it's got, like, stuff like Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk. Yeah, um, it, it, it was just, we just had a really good year of movies. We did, yeah. And it's it's no fault on Wonder Woman. It just kind of, it it will always be remembered as, a success, as the success that it is. Yeah. But it's not, you know, I don't think it, it's strong enough to... No. To push through the, the Oscar wall. And I'm kind of... This sounds weird. I'm Unlike Oscar-nominated films. So it's like, oh, oh. Every time, <laughs> every time it hurts. In a weird way, I'm kind of glad it didn't because then I feel like there almost could have been backlash against it being like, really? Like, the, like say it had gotten like a screenplay nomination or something mm-hmm. like that. I think people would have been like, what, really? Like, it's not that good. Well, yeah, then it, then the argument would have come up, because it always does, of was it nominated just because it was a, a female movie. Yeah. And and now, I mean, you're, you're we're going to get the argument for you. No one's ever going to be happy with anything no, in this true. world. No one's ever going to be happy. Because now we're getting the argument of, oh, you it was nominated because it was a female-led movie. I'm like, right. no. It wasn't nominated because it's... Because it was om- fine. It's only it was- so good. Yeah. And I, you know what? At the end of the day... It did well at the box office. It was a huge cultural phenomenon, which mm-hmm. is, I'd say, as important. We're going to get another one coming up here soon. Pat yeah. Jenkins is back. Gal Gadot is back. I'm hoping they'll have a little more freedom to do what they want. They're going to be less hamstrung by a real shit third act. Mm-hmm. Let's it, just take that for the victory it if is. If people want to talk about snubs in this nomination list, can we just talk about Lego Batman losing oh, a nomination right. to fucking... Uh, Boss Baby. Well, Cameron, having seen both Boss Baby and Lego Batman, I mean, <laughs> do you think? Let me let me let me just talk about this for a quick second. I don't remember all the all the movies nominated, but I do remember I Ferdinand them. and Boss Baby are both nominated, along with. Um, uh, I have them up here. Uh, Give me one blah, 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 second. Blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, Coco, Boss which is Baby, the, uh, the Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and then Loving Vincent. Okay, I I remember hearing about Loving Vincent. I never yeah, saw it's it. Yeah, every frame is a painting. Oh, like that channel. Like that channel. <laughs> oh, I miss that channel. They haven't posted in a while. Have they not? No. I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, but, yeah, we have five movies. Uh, I've seen three of the five. Okay. Um, Boss Baby and Ferdinand beat out Lego Batman, Cars 3, which is pretty good, mm-hmm. um, and Captain Underpants, which, okay, it's not the best movie, but it's better than baby than Boss Baby. 
Yeah, it's not hard and to do. Really, and even is it? Ferdinand is fine. Mm-hmm. And I think it's animation is pretty, but it's it's I I mean it's it's John Cena as a bull. Yeah. Did we not get any Disney in-house animated films this last year? Uh, no, because we had two last year. Oh, I guess that's true. Uh, yeah. We were supposed to get uh-huh. uh, Gigantic was supposed to come out late last year into early this year, which was the uh, updated Jack and the Beanstalk story. Oh, but that got scrapped entirely, right? Yes, and I, I've been meaning to research why, because they were very far into production before they dropped this movie. Hmm. They were like 60% of the way done. So interesting. Uh, and then, yeah, it just got scrapped for some reason. Um, so, yeah, we're not getting... Uh, the only the next Disney movie we're getting is the end of this year, and it's going to be Wreck-It Ralph 2. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's going to be a two-year gap, which mm-hmm. I don't think has happened since the 70s. Yeah, I think it's been a long... They pretty much always have at least one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Since, at least since the beginning of the Renaissance, there has been one movie every year. Hmm. Missed um, out? I know, I miss it. I know. I feel like I'm missing something. Man, I didn't realize. It feels like Moana was more recent than that. But yeah, I guess what Moana been, was November 2016. Oh, man, it's so long ago. I know. God, I can't even keep track of that sort of shit. <laughs> but that's about when it's about when we started. It is. We started August 2016. September. September 2016. <laughs> that was close. Yeah, fuck it. What does it matter? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's it's. There's always been kind of. Oh, and also, like, all of the Japanese movies that are making huge waves over in Asia that are just still not what, even being considered. What's, was it, uh, is it Your Name? Your what's, Name. Was that last year? Was that 2017? Was that It got an American release in 2017. Well, then it would have qualified, then. Yes. Um, How did that, I mean, I've heard great things about that. It's How the did... highest grossing film in, in uh, Japan now. Wait, but, oh, hang on. Or highest grossing animated film. Did it beat we... out Spirited Away. Did did it get nominated the year prior? No. No, I I don't I'm not 100% sure on this fact, but I don't think any non Ghibli film or any any Japanese film that hasn't been distributed through Disney has been nominated. Yeah, I guess. No, I guess it didn't. Except hmm. Red Turtle. I don't remember who distributed that. Oh, yeah. Man, that sucks. I've heard really good things about that. Your mm-hmm. name. I should, should watch that. It's great. I have it if you want to watch it. I do. It's so good. All right, let's stop this. Let's just go. Yeah. All right. Uh, so it was great talking to you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about these two episodes. Yes. Go go cry. Uh, yeah. Go go watch. Uh, <laughs> go watch your name. Go watch Growing Pains and have a cry. Oh, I was going to cry. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's all. I, uh, that's my, my rant I needed to get out. Yeah. No, um, I think otherwise I was... Everything else was about what mm-hmm. I expected it to be. Yeah. There, so. there was a really interesting news clip um, where they talked to uh, the the like the council that decides on what movies get nominated. The High Council. The High Council. Mm-hmm. The Valerian High Council. Mm-hmm. Um, and how basically a lot of them never watch the animated films. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's in which is why Disney always wins. Most of them have children or grandchildren. And they just ask them what they liked that year. Frozen. And that's usually the movie that wins. Yeah. And most is going to be Disney. Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Did you, have you and I talked about the flawed way in which the nominations and winning system works for the Oscars? I don't think so. Okay. Then I haven't talked about it on air. I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to try and do this real quick. All right. So, because I, I read a great article and if I can track it down, I'll, I'll go ahead and post it in the episode description. 
but basically was saying without going into the long history of why it's set up this way, that part of the problem is the nominees are picked by the category with, with the exception of best picture. So like all of the actors pick the acting category, all the production designers for production design, cinematographers, oh, okay. cinematographers, et cetera. So that's how you get someone like Roger Deakins getting nominated a shitload because all of his peers go, my God, Roger Deakins is one of the greatest cinematographers ever, probably the best one working right now. I loved his work this year. We're going to go ahead and nominate it. The problem then becomes when it comes around to actual voting, that opens it up to everybody. So then you get people who you know, aren't necessarily experts in that field voting for things like, say, production design or even cinematography. Now, cinematography mm-hmm. is kind of a more obvious one. But there's another issue, too, is that on the actual ballot itself, with the exception of the acting category, which lists the name of the actor nominated, it just says the movie. Oh. So, for example, Roger Deakins was the cinematographer on Skyfall, and that movie is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. He was nominated for an Oscar, but if someone who didn't maybe knew who he was but didn't know that he did Skyfall, they would look at the ballot and go, why the fuck is a James Bond movie nominated for Best Cinematographer? I'm like, I'm not going to vote for that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, I know, you know, we're going to go for whatever, what that would have been, like Birdman or whatever at the time. We're going to go for that instead because, like, I saw that. That was gorgeous. Yeah. So it's a, it's a flawed system, not necessarily in terms of how the nominees happen. That kind of makes sense, but in terms of who's voting. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess by all means, it should then be probably the people who are experts in the category get to vote for it, but then it's no different than the individual technical awards. Or at a minimum, they should have the names on there so that you can remember, like, oh, right, like, I love Deacons. I'm going to go ahead and vote for him. Yeah. But you're right. You get a lot of situations where there's so many things that, like, I tried and see all of them. I have, I think, three to go. Yeah, same. I think four if I include, like, I, Tanya or some of the other ones that just got acting nominations. Mm-hmm. And I have the time to go sit and watch <laughs> these. Um, so it makes it a challenge for it to necessarily be the most accurate representation of who should be getting nominated and who should be winning. Right. So there you go. <sighs> it's a frustrating system. It is. It is a frustrating system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and <clears throat> yeah, I think animation in particular is a really underlooked category. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think, yeah, it's easy. Like, well, I heard a lot about whatever Disney put out this year. We're just going to go ahead and vote for that. Or yeah, yeah. Like, my grandkids said they loved it, but mm-hmm. they don't sit down to actually watch them ever. Mm-hmm. I do have uh, one quick side story. You brought up cinematography, and there's one shot in this trailer that I really love. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I told this story last week, but it's happened to me twice now. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, when I go to the movies, I saw the trailer for Spider-Man again. Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, the new animated one. And both times that I've seen it in the theater, when Miles Morales takes his mask off and everyone sees that it's the black Spider-Man, they're like, what is happening? Like People... <sighs> can't wrap their head around that it's not the same Spider-Man. I mean, even in both times, I've had multiple outbursts behind me. People like, this isn't my Spider-Man. It's like, oh, now Spider-Man's black? And I'm like, can you just... (laughs) Yeah, I mean... You saw at the beginning of the trailer, it's Peter Parker's tombstone. Well, one, that requires us to pay attention. But two, also, even if we're Peter Parker, who cares? Right. It's like when Donald Glover, like, there was a rumor that he could possibly do it. I was like, yeah, Yeah. that would be awesome. He would be a great Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm -hmm. I I think it's hilarious that, that, like, both times now, people have had outbursts. Like, what is this? This isn't, this isn't my Spider-Man. Yeah. All no, <laughs> because it's a different Spider-Man. Because there's multiple spider The movie is Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, but I don't but think that's the name of the movie. Is that the name Into of the, the Spider-Verse. Into people, the Spider-verse. people don't know what the Spider-Verse is, I though. Know. But yeah, I mean, it does say Peter Parker. It's his grave right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, and at the end, there's two of them, but still, people are dumb. I know. But on the plus side, it does have that really gorgeous shot of him like falling upside down that, that the was, city. That was what made me think of it when you're oh, talking about cinematography. Oh, my God. I'm super excited for that. I know, me too. I never thought I'd be excited for a Sony-only produced Spider-Man film. <laughs> you're but not God, excited for Venom? No, not particularly. Well, we talked about this <laughs> we at did. length. Um, although the rumor is it might actually be connected. Okay. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one, but who knows? I still don't know how the hell they explain why Venom has the powers of Spider-Man if he never comes in contact with Spider-Man. That's not important. I'm not going to go down the path. All right. <laughs> so, Joker's We've, Millions. Yes. I'm uh, ready. So, this is actually adapted from a story arc from David Vern Reed, published uh, in 1952. Oh, wow. I didn't realize so I guess this more or less old. happened uh, back then. What I did find interesting, right from the beginning of this one, there's a title card, in essence. An animated title card. An animated title card, yes. Which I don't think we've gotten since... Uh, Heart of Ice. Um, well, so two things on that. One, yes, you're right. Like after BTOS ended, they stopped doing title cards, period. Mm-hmm. And they would just do like the, the white text pops up kind of like in Superman. Yeah. Um, but this is the first new Batman adventure to even have something approximating a title card with like the big TV saying Joker's Millions. And yeah, mm-hmm. it is it is animated too, which is fun to watch. Yes. I liked it. It's like the big TV and it goes through all the credits and like a person would run past and that's like the cut between the mm-hmm. the screen changing. Uh, I don't know if you also noticed this as it panned away from the screen. There was a big sign for DVDs here. I did. Like, I did notice the massive DVD sign. Yeah, lots of DVD signs actually. Because yeah, this know. would yeah ninety seven, ninety seven, ninety eight. Mm-hmm. It's like right just when DVDs were coming around. Like I, I remember buying a DVD player when they first came out. And there was one store up in San Jose that had it, <laughs> and we bought. From the Earth to the Moon, which was like the Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks produced series about the space race, which I actually haven't watched. I should go watch that at some point. It's like that and The Matrix, like two of the first DVDs oh, yeah. we bought. Because <laughs> it was like right around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I loved that. There, there was actually a lot of really cool little nods and little moments in here. I don't know. If, did you come up with a list of some of them? Uh, nope, I did not look at that Okay. Uh, okay, first off, do you know why his hyenas are named Bud and Lou? I should. Abbott and Costello. Oh, I knew it. I didn't know that. I had to look it up. I used to I used to perform um, two Abbott and Costello sketches back in middle school and high school. What, really? Mm-hmm. Well, who are you? Uh, I was... Uh, it switched, because we did loafing in middle school, me and my friend Dylan, and I was Abbott in that one. I'm going to be honest. I don't know which one's which. Costello's, I think, the fat one. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never seen Abbott Costello thing ever. So. You've never seen any Abbott? You haven't seen, you've never seen Who's on First? I've never seen Who's on First. Oh my oh, gosh, hey, Yogi. Chris. I know. Chris, that know. is a pinnacle of comedy. I know. I it's, know. It's the ultimate wordplay. Are you really enjoying the fact that you're, you get to shame so me about So much. <laughs> you finally get to throw something yes, in my face. I had multiple Abbott and Costello DVDs growing up. Uh, I need to go watch it. I know. I know yeah, I'm like way behind on the They're so times. good. I know. I will watch it. Uh, I will watch it right after this. There is, uh, I recommend, Who's on First is obviously the first one you should watch. I, yeah. Um, Loafing is a great sketch. Uh, I'm not biased about it at all. <laughs> um, uh, math is a great one. Okay. Uh, where they learn to do division. That sounds uh, amazing. There, there, there's so many. I'll, I'll make a list for you. Please do. Yeah, send me a list so I can get cut up so you, you can have nothing to shame me about. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. Yes. Because um, I don't want to shame I want to educate you. No, that's a good point. I like to shame you. Yes. Um, did you... Just because one of us is better than the other. <laughs> this is absolutely true. Uh, did you happen to catch where the Joker was living? 
I, I had to look this up too, actually. No. So, so he's living at the Chelsea Arms apartment. I'm like, why does that sound so familiar? Chelsea Arms. Nothing's coming. The Should Grey Ghost. That's, that's where Trent... Oh, is that where Adam um, West lived? Yeah, what's the guy's name? Trent... Brockman? I was going to say Trent Reznor. That's not right at all. Who's Trent? Simon Trent? <laughs> I'm thinking Kent Brockman from The Simpsons. Wait, Kent... Kent Brockman oh, he's is, the, newscaster. is the anchor right, from yeah. The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, but that's where the Grey Ghost was living. Okay, that's yeah, awesome. like the super run-down apartment. Um, oh, what's up, Yogi? Hey, buddy. Sorry, we have a whimpering dog in our side. I know. Side. Um... Yeah, there's a couple of little fun things. Like, did you catch who the Joker's lawyer is supposed to be? No. Johnny Cochran. Okay. Well, because like, so, Johnny Cochran is. was the lead defense attorney for O.J. Simpson. Got it. So he okay. came up with the whole phrase of, like, if the glove does not fit, you must acquit. Mm-hmm. And then he has some sort of, like, other rhyming play here. I should have written it down. I oh, did not. Oh, the, the, when he's showing the, the psychology, the, um, the Rorschach test. To, to uh, no, that's when just the Joker, he's in a press conference because he spent all the money getting his criminal record revoked or mm-hmm. like cleared. But yeah, it's, it's oh, I could look it up, but I'm not going to because I have no. other things to talk about. Um, but no, when, when they're doing that montage of like interviewing experts, they interview these like the psychology, like the psychologist. And he's like, oh, do you think the Joker is just like buying his freedom? I was like, I won't dignify that with a response. And he yeah. speeds away in his brand new sports car, mm-hmm. the blonde model. Uh, let's give a quick... <laughs> synopsis of the of this one sentence synopsis of the episode we kind of just went straight to the details okay uh joker and harley are really short on cash at the beginning of the episode uh joker leaves harley to get captured by the police uh and as he gets back to his apartment uh he gets a letter from another criminal named king barlow yeah that sounds like that um who after king barlow passed uh gave joker 250 million dollars yes uh and so now joker is is super rich and he's basically given up his life of crime to be a rich person a rich person yes okay are you you done providing context for everyone so they know what the fuck we're talking about Uh, are you done being helpful uh last thing the base basically how he spends his money is exactly how all of the dumb YouTube influencers are spending their money right now. And I loved that parallel. Oh, oh my God. You're absolutely right, though. Mm-hmm. If this was made in, in 2018, uh, Joker would definitely start a vlog. Oh, yeah, of course he would. He yeah. would already be vlogging, That's actually. true. Yeah, he would already have a, a huge fan base yeah. from his vlogging sphere. Um Oh, if a man's filled with glee, then he must go free. That was that's, the, Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he had to do something like that. So it's it's a fun it's a fun concept because it does put the Joker in a completely different place than he's ever been before. Mm-hmm. Like he is actually trying to go legit. Yeah, and he's actually trying not to get involved. In I any wouldn't sort even of say it's legit. I just think it's he just doesn't care anymore. Well, what's interesting is it actually it gave him something that he did care about because mm-hmm. all of a sudden now he had something to lose. That's right. Right. So you know, it's like he you know, is trying not to, like, murder people, for example, because then he'll just go back into Arkham and he'll lose this vast fortune that he's accrued. Mm-hmm. So he actually had a reason to be sane. Yeah. And he's trying really hard here. Which is very much a 50s... You, you mentioned this was a, this was a comic in the 50s. Yeah. If you remember the the eras of Joker, there was a great video that oh, we talked right. about a couple yeah. months ago. Um, the 50s Joker was definitely the comedic one. Yeah. he All he did was want money... So he could buy bigger pranks. Yeah. 
you had the golden age was the gangster joker silver age was the fun joker and then you had kind of the psychotic joker from like the 80s on yeah like frank at miller post silver bronze age yeah yeah here he's going way back to just kind of like the fun campy mm-hmm. flighty one yeah which is you know i i like him best when he is genuinely psychotic mm-hmm. um like i love him in world's finest mm-hmm. where he's like a, a legitimate threat to everybody because you know what he's gonna do but he's also just kind of fun here when he gets yeah. to be like a full out and out comedy right but and, i mean yeah the reason i brought that up is because usually the joker that we know today his storyline is always he is a bad guy because batman is a good guy yeah and until that changes he will be a bad guy and so it was interesting to see kind of the former stage of that where he's not a bad guy for batman He's a bad guy for fun. Yeah, just because he, he wants to go out and have a good time. Mm-hmm. And now that he can have fun without being a bad guy, he doesn't want to be a bad guy anymore. No. And, uh, yeah, and so he just kind of goes about his thing. He does decide he needs a, ho- a new hench girl, though. Yes. Because he doesn't want to go to the effort of bailing Harley out of Arkham. <laughs> and I love it because, yeah, the... This is also front page news, by the way. Yeah, it's like a headline. That. Joker needs new henchwoman. Like, well, he's mm-hmm. going straight. That doesn't quite work. But, yeah, it's... It, it, it's it does have a nice payoff at the end of it when they have Paul Dini animated and dressed up in Harley as Quinn. Harley, as yeah. Harley Quinn. Voicing himself. Yeah, and it's like, no. It's like, oh, shucks. He just <laughs> shuffles off. Because now we've had both Paul Dini and uh, Bruce Tim. That's true. In yeah. the universe. Yeah, Bruce Tim was the... Um, oh, I mean, going back to Greg Ghost. Mm-hmm. He was the villain That's in that right. episode. Uh, I did also love... Because so the... Okay, so did you, did you see the twist coming? With the money? No, I didn't. Yeah, I it had been a long time, so I think I'd forgotten this. But yeah, the, the twist, of course, being that King Barlow, it's mostly counterfeit money. Mm-hmm. So it was just $10 million was $10 real. $10 million was real, and, and then $240 through. million was fake. Which I think is really funny. So he had to then have printed... 240 well i guess he said some of it was in like jewels and stuff like that so, he also said they were a thousand dollar bills not hundred dollar bills yeah this is true so okay but so which he, is i think is a red flag in itself right there yeah okay wait so then let's say there was probably then what maybe 200 million in counterfeit, counterfeit money mm-hmm. right so and if they're all thousand dollar bills so we had to have what twenty thousand Oh, that's... Uh, I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> two, I can't do this in my head anymore. 200. <laughs> one, two, three, <clears throat> four, five, six. While we're going over this, one more, one, one more real story one, point. Two, three, um, 200,000. So you had to have 200,000 counterfeit bills made. I feel like that would cost more than 200,000, but I guess it's only... I mean, if, if you're if buying, if you're buying got, in bulk, I'm sure Yeah, it's, he's got 10 million to spare, but yeah, it, he probably spent... It was probably worth it, though. So he probably spent about... 11 million <laughs> worth it i'd say yeah yeah i think it's worth it um so uh you see joker have like a not really a conscience but something to lose at the end because the irs come the real villain of the batman oh, like universe one of the best lines in uh, the whole episode the irs comes and it's like oh so you got all this money through insurance well we you need to pay the insurance tax well it's, it's an estate tax estate tax thank you yeah which is a whopping 51 percent. is that right it's actually super high. Is it yeah. 51? Because he makes 250 million and the bank comes like, yeah, yeah. you owe us 137 million. Um, let me see what the estate tax is currently. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty substantial, actually. Um, 40% in 20, yeah, 40% right now. Oh, god damn. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty high. But I do love that, though, because uh, his like henchman's like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm crazy enough to take on Batman, but not the IRS. <laughs> right. Oh, that's there's another line. Um, so good. There's a line from a comic that I always love. And it's it's uh, one of the old 90s Marvel DC team up comics mm-hmm. uh, where they're trying to match uh, Joker and Red Skull. And he has a similar line. He's like, I'm crazy enough to fight Batman, but not to team up with a Nazi. Oh, <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't he like beat the crap out of the Red Skull? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But so in, in his attempts to try and go legit, uh, one of the stops he makes off of the Iceberg Lounge, which mm-hmm. I believe is our first appearance of the Iceberg Lounge and the new Penguin. Yes. What did you think of the new take on the Penguin? I love it. Yeah. I, this is the Penguin that I always remember. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Actually. I, I agree. I, I like this one a lot, too. I think I feel like it gives him a very specific role now in this universe that I think is more interesting just being another themed villain. Because mm-hmm. it also gives him something to lose. And it also is it's great for Joker to see because Penguin is another villain, a rogue gone rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now he is still loosely in the mob scene, but penguin is he's just kind of out of the game yeah and so i think him with joker was a great pairing so joker would be like oh yeah not all villains stay villains Mm -hmm. once you get money you don't have to be a villain anymore go straight yeah ish and i want him to act i want him to open a real carnival and just just have it tank oh no one trusts him anymore yeah why would you ever i mean (laughs) I mean, at this point, I think he's destroyed every other abandoned amusement park. I mean, that, left, that's that's so. the, it's the long con, Chris. He's he's been slowly de- he's been setting up these <laughs> fake these fake heists and these fake things just so Batman would destroy yeah. all of the other carnivals and all of the competitors. So when he finally accumulated enough money, he could open his own and not have people like, oh, well, you destroyed these. Like, oh no, no, Batman destroyed these. Do you think that's why he ran out of money? Is that his scheme didn't work? Yeah. At that point? Like he he had been like slowly investing in one amusement park and had been going, 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 and he slowly destroyed all the other ones. And then for whatever reason, like he that, he, he it, it the, the profits started to dip a little bit. He eventually had to move into his own amusement park. It got destroyed. He ran out of money. He had no choice but right. to Chelsea Arms. He, he opened the, the famous five flags on a really unfortunate day <laughs> because six flags opened the next day just screwed <laughs> the See, great he's, five he's clever yeah he's very good. it was very it was a great it was a great idea it was the five flags that flew over gotham yeah uh but then suddenly uh texas came through and was like oh no we're opening six flags because they're i'm not gonna go into the history of six flags <laughs> you don't want to start that right now i don't want to bring that up right now but i a lot of people don't realize it started in texas just because the new jersey one's the most famous one it's the whole title is Six Flags Over Texas because it's based off of the six flags that flew over Texas. Like what part of Texas did they fly over? The this, the the area of Texas because it used to be it was owned by the Spanish at one point. It was it was owned by the Mexicans at one point. It was independent at one point. Owned by America. Owned by the French at some point. Was that separate? Of the, uh, I don't remember. Um, so those are the six different flags that have flown over the area, not six flags that flew over it simultaneously right concurrently through the history of texas it had all those different flags yes did that then include the texas state flag yes that was the last one the sixth one maybe did that include the confederate flag wait no that was that a would that have been 
Texas wasn't part of the Confederacy, was it? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. I, don't I think, think it ended right before us. So, guys, it's been a long time since I've taken U.S. history. Yep. Oh, man, I've taken Texas history since seventh yeah, grade. Wait, yeah, you should know Texas history. Seventh grade, Chris. <laughs> but you're like... <clears throat> like I'm a Mr. Texas. I did have my, my most Texan line I think I've ever said yesterday. <clears throat> I, I met uh, another designer at Disneyland. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and I, we, we shook hands and I walked away and I, tur- I turned to my friend. I'm like, that man had a really weak handshake. <laughs> and my friend looks like, that's the most Texas thing I've ever heard from you. That is probably the most Texas thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> um, but so the Asperger So, guys, now you know, if you ever meet Cameron, give him a firm handshake. A firm, or he'll throw that Texas shade at you. a firm Nick Offerman handshake. Yeah. But yes, they go to the, um, the, uh, the Iceberg Lounge. And what I, what I liked is once the Joker figures out that he's been had by Barlow, mm-hmm. he's in a tough spot. Like, he, he can't just go commit a crime because then he'll get arrested and thrown back in prison. As mm-hmm. Barlow points out, he can't tell anyone what happened because he can't let the world know the joke got pulled on him. Right. So now he has to go and pull a heist, but actually really try. Right. No gimmicks. He has to be effective, and he's more or less does it, but then, of course, mm-hmm. Batman inevitably shows up. Yeah. Um, no, it, was, it was fully thought out. So he had his accountant dress as him and make an appearance at the iceberg lounge so it looked like joker was in a public place That's true yeah he had for the alibi. alibi and then he was robbing the mint yeah they were delivering three trucks load of cash over the water mm-hmm. yes yeah, so they took over the boat mm-hmm. uh knocked him out with not joker gas yeah it was just normal gas mm-hmm. no henchman dressed up as the joker <laughs> like that no joker mask no laughing fish nothing like that um except oh, harley was still dressed as harley uh, yeah, fake Harley. Yeah, fake Harley was dressed, dressed as, as But she was up in the pilot's house. Sure. Uh, also, real quick, we're getting some uh, some live... <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> some live info. The U.S. state of Texas declared secession from the United States of America on February 1st, 1861, and joined mm-hmm. the Confederate States on March 2nd, 1861. Great. Good, good to yeah. know. Thanks, Andrew. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we've never had like live <laughs> fact checkers before. That's, we don't need that. <laughs> No, it's just me. <laughs> this is really nice, actually. I don't like this. Um, but yeah, I really liked how that works. I also thought it was a pretty effective plot line in the sense that I feel like it pretty much filled in all the plot holes. Mm-hmm. Like, even the fact that some of the money was real so that it would all work, that like, covered that plot hole. Um, you know, that it was pointed out why he couldn't just give up on it, the fact that he was actually trying. Like, it didn't have any like glaring things where you go like, well, I'm going to forgive it because it's a fun comedy. Like, I think it actually holds water pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would have loved for this to be just like one big PSA for taxes. And like, at the <laughs> end, it's like, remember, kids, do your taxes. Do your taxes. <laughs> March 15th. Yeah, tax fraud is bad, okay? April 15th? March April, 15th. April, April 15th. April 15th. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> is she going to text you? Be like, come probably, on, camera. Probably. <laughs> March 15th is the Ides of March. Can't do math. That's Mr. Crocker Day. I remember that. Mr. Crocker Day? Mr. Crocker Day. On, on March 15th, that was when Mr. Crocker from Fairly Odd Parents, he lost his fairies. Oh, that's right. Because he's extra mean on March 15th. Did they incorporate some sort of Ides of March joke in there? I feel like they did. I don't think so. I've seen that episode. It's a great episode. It's been a long time. The Secret History of Mr. Crocker. Oh, I forgot that he had... Denzel Crocker. Denzel's his first name? I think so. I'm pretty well, sure. Let's go with it. Let's say it is. Um, 
But no, I I had a lot of fun with this one. Mm-hmm. I think it's really quite good, and uh, it is it is interesting that just by happenstance we end up doing these two episodes back to back because it goes to show how the show can have a pretty broad range tonally, but mm-hmm. still really maintain its quality of writing. Absolutely. I so Growing Pains. I would have loved for this to be like a, a full movie. Just I just I wanted to connect with the girl more. Okay, yeah, I think that's... And I think this this storyline could have been a two-parter or even, like, maybe not a full hour-and-a-half movie, but I think this could have been an amazing two-part episode. That could have been interesting, yeah. I mean, it, it would have been... Yeah, it would have been interesting with the, how they could have stretched it out. Yeah, because... So the, the plot of this one is that Robin comes across this girl who has amnesia. She doesn't know where she's from. She doesn't know what's going on, but she just knows that someone's after mm-hmm. her. And we found out pretty quickly that the person after her clearly is some has, is some sort of enhanced being because he's been going around robbing banks and Gordon and Batman watch the video and they, they make a comment. Like, he had these, like, weird, creepy kind of, like, dead eyes and stuff like that. He's this huge, hulking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... We also quickly learned that he's her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robin is doing everything he can to try and protect her, but she keeps running away from him. Yeah. And it's it's his first like crush too. It is. Yeah, it's cute. It is. It is it's really so sad. It is. It is really. It is really sad. And it, it is interesting because it does put Robin up against Batman because Robin keeps trying to go after him. Batman keeps shooting him down mm-hmm. to the point where like Robin just says no straight to his face. And I was trying to remember like, did Dick ever just no. say no? Right. Even to him? in even in Robin's reckoning, I don't think he was that. I forceful. don't think so. Yeah, which is interesting because like if there's one person you feel like could kind of get away with it it would be Dick because I feel like he's earned it. Mm-hmm. But it also goes to show that I think just the nature of how Tim showed up in Bruce's life compared to Dick, I think Dick always maybe had a little more deference to, to Bruce, mm-hmm. whereas Tim is more rough around the edges. Right. Well, he's, he's already had one abusive father. Yeah. And so he knows, like, I think he kind of knows when he's being taken advantage of. This is or he true, thinks yeah. he knows when he's being taken advantage of. Yeah. Well, so he, he knows how to turn away from it. Yeah. And, and also, to be fair, that this character is more jason todd than i'd say tim drake Mm -hmm. he's kind of tim drake in name only yeah because actually the the comic tim drake is very much like bruce not quite so cold and distant but like much more of like a really analytical calculating mind like Mm -hmm. um i think it was like hush like batman even makes a comment like tim with the right kind of training will could be the world's greatest detective Mm -hmm. compared to dick who's just more of a really good crime fighter the great ass God, I know, right? Um, I was just having a conversation with someone today about this. I was like, he's a comic book fan, too. I'm like, you've never, like... You've never had this talk before? Never had to talk about the fact that Dick Grayson has the best ass <laughs> in comics? Uh, did you see who the voice of Annie was? No. Or could I you... You couldn't hear it? Um, I, you know, the funny thing is I had, like, the IMDb page open. I didn't actually even look at it. Who was it? Oh, uh, well, the name's not going to sound familiar at all. Uh, it was uh, Francisca Marie Smith. Okay. Uh, best known for Helga Pataki from Hey Arnold. What? How could you not hear it? That's all I could, especially when she was, when they were hunting for the tunnels. Uh, you could definitely hear because the, the voice actress like over enunciates all of her words. Uh, and like, it, it's a very unique sound that she makes when she talks. This is blowing my mind. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I guess. Also, same, uh, that is the same voice actress that plays Ashley B, one of the four Ashleys from Recess. And Upside Down Girl from Recess. Oh, well, hey. She's In case you wanted to know. Quite the body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no, I guess, uh, like, I feel like I should have, maybe just because 
I haven't seen Hayden Earl in such a long time. Oh, okay. And I feel like it was just different because Annie's voice is very soft, mm-hmm. whereas Helga's oh, is yeah, a little bit more brash and blunt. So maybe mm-hmm. that's part of the reason I didn't quite pick up on it. It maybe if Annie had said the phrase "football head," it may, right. it may have clicked in there. If, for if you me. heard "move it, football head," yeah, then it would be like, "Oh, hey, that's oh, Annie." Oh, Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really cool, though. I had yeah. no idea. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, so you you knew the twist of this because you had read it before. I know. I wish I didn't. Because I, I there were there were little things that I think I would have picked up on. Yeah. So there was the moment when. Uh, Batman is chasing the grunt, um, and he jumps off the building. The grunt? I mean, the the the, the dad. Yeah, the dad. Yeah. He he jumps off the building when he lands. He kind of like squishes. squishes. Yeah. And and not in like a comedic way, but like like a gelatin way. Yeah. Like he absorbs the impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's super strong. Um, he has the same scar on his face. Yeah, same scar on his face, and it's like the colors pattern is there too. Because mm-hmm. so I, I think I, I would have connected that. I don't think I would have connected. Uh, the daughter. Yeah. Oh, it's Clayface. I don't know if we said. We, the yeah, guy's we some, yeah. So yeah. So the the, the reveal, <laughs> like the first reveal, is that the villain chasing her around is Clayface, mm-hmm. and it, so it is kind of hints at. I remember, I know I saw this when it originally aired, so I must have at the time not known, um, but I don't remember that reveal though. I don't remember how I felt when I saw that reveal for the first time, um, but it is it is a pretty big reveal but it does pale in comparison to though once they figure out who it is robin and annie try to run away and then she gets clay on or absorbs it and she realizes like oh shit i'm also i'm also, I'm clayface. also clayface i'm a piece of him yeah um and like the, the look on her face is that absolute horror like mm-hmm. it's, it's really really intense yeah um and then when she he's about to kill robin she charges at him to knock him off and then she starts getting sucked into it that's a really dark moment yeah like it's it's unsettling actually. Mm-hmm. I know, and it's that's why I would have loved for this to be a two part episode, because this plays a lot with the idea of like what is conscience and what is real and yeah. who is real. Um, how what part of Clayface can have its own personality? Like, because there's a scene when Robin cuts off Clayface's arm. Uh, is that arm still alive? Is it sentient? How did like? I don't know. I got I got too deep into that point, but. What I wanted the two-part episode to be is I would have loved for them to have a happy moment together. And I think that would have, like, pushed that scene so far over the edge Mm -hmm. of of just being so emotional. If you actually got to see Annie having fun with Robin. Yeah. um, That would have, like, I would have, like, I would have started crying for this reveal. So where, like, where would you put in the reveal that's Clay Ferris, for example? Would you have had part one end with Batman going, I know who daddy is and driving Gosh, off. Yeah, can we not? <laughs> I was going to save that to the end. That is the creepiest line Kevin Conroy has ever said. I know. I thought it worked actually. I know who daddy is. <laughs> it's too, it's too much for me. Um, yeah, I would have, I would have had it end with the, the daddy line. Yeah. And then start up again and we would have started out. I think part of the challenge with doing it, because I agree with you, it would have been nice to have more time with this. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the challenges of doing it in two parts is you don't really have a lot of time after the Clayface reveal before you can do the Annie reveal and have it not feel really obvious. Mm-hmm. I think their timing was perfect. Oh, no, I would I would keep the timing of that at the end. Absolutely. But so then how do you stretch out, like how do you justify burning about another like 15 minutes at the beginning of the new episode where Batman knows who it is, but he hasn't told anyone yet? Uh. Open it 
uh, in a similar way. So they did this with, I would, I would do it in a similar way they handled Terra, the introduction of Terra and the Teen Titans, okay. first Teen Titans series. Yeah. Um, keep the, keep the same biker gang thing. Um, the, that's attacking the girl. You see Robin beat them up. The girl runs and in the shadow, you see the hulking figure move by mm-hmm. you. You see this guy is connected to her. What you would have that start episode two, start episode one. So then how would you start episode two? Um, that's what I was asking. How would you, how would you, like, if you, how would you justify burning basically an entire episode the second time around without giving away who Clayface is? Uh, giving character development for the two of them, uh, for, okay. for Robin and the, and Annie. Hmm. Cause like I said, I want, I just wanted a scene of them cause, cause she's kind of in panic the whole time. Yeah. I would have loved a scene where, where she is finally comfortable and happy. Mm, okay. It's like, I don't care who I was. I'm happy with who I am now. Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah, that is what I would a little love more to scene. her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be very curious if they ever contemplated doing this as a more stretched out one. Because mm-hmm. then it, mm. it pretty much is what they did with Tara. Because uh, it's you see her. There's a figure behind her the whole time. She buddies up with Beast Boy. They go on a mission together. They, but this is also ten episodes. Yeah. Um, and then the reveal doesn't come until the last two episodes. That's that, true. Oh shit! She's been spoiler. She's been working with Slade the whole time. The whole oh, time. Oh shit! My heart just ripped in half. Oh. I remember going to school the next day and just being so sad. Oh no. <laughs> um, Poor little Cameron. I was the worst. Uh, Aftershock still hurts when I when I see that episode. Is that when she when she turns to stone? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. New beginning, not new beginnings. Uh, 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 new change, something like that, is the is the first episode of the season that never existed. Oh, oh. yeah, that also hurts. It still hurts. That's still fresh wound. Did you did you watch the Judas Contract? The I did. I should remember if I watched. It. I must have watched. Uh, it. it was fine. Yeah, I didn't remember it kind of being like meh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It, it'll it? be hard because they did such. Because I mean, that's what Judas. Uh, the season with Tara was just it was an adapted extended, from the Judas contract. Yeah, and it, it, it's hard to ever beat that. It, it yeah, I feel like I must have watched it. Was it that forgettable? Uh, the the scene you might remember is uh, Tara was in love with Deathstroke. You know, I don't think uh, I did see it actually. Okay, that um, was, that was the big thing that I think is part of the comics that obviously they toned down for. <laughs> For, uh, for the Teen the, Titans, yeah, for the series, yeah, the I movie don't... they played it up a little bit too much because they weirdly do that, and I don't like it anymore. Yeah, they, they... not that I ever liked it. Okay, yeah, I've just seen Just League versus Teen Titans. I haven't watched the Judas Contract. Okay, yeah, I think that was even one of my problems with the new Suicide Squad trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's rated R because we seem to think you want that. Right. Well, they did that with Assault on Arkham too, because there's a scene where was it rated R? I don't think it's it rated had R. To be because you see Harley tits. No, you don't. You don't? No. She sleeps she with Deathstroke. Yeah. And there's like, it's heavily, like, we get lots of side boob from what I recall, but we don't actually see okay. Harley naked. Okay. No, because I think the killing joke was the first rated R. I think that's right. Yeah. And I think, I don't think any of them had nudity in it, though. No. No. DC has a line that they won't cross. God, if only they do some <laughs> naked Nightwing butt. <laughs> Um, just get that for like eighty minutes. Yeah, just can we just yeah can we just get an eighty minute long animated movie of Dick Grayson working out? <laughs> Is that it's a Dick Grayson workout tape? Yeah, it's like eighty style. Mm, yeah, actually, no, I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. fine with eighty style. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, as long as there's no shirt and tights, I'm I'm all on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Please, someone get on that. <laughs> You're an animator. <laughs> no, that's not me. The, make uh, that for me. There's a website called 4chan. Pitch it there. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure, I'm sure I, I can exist. Rule yeah. 34 will save me in the end. Yep. Um, okay, so I have a question for you then. Yes. So at the I'm end, I'm also glad you know Rule 34. I haven't heard that. Of course, in a while. I know Rule 34. It's been a while. I haven't heard. I, I haven't love had Rule internet. 34. <laughs> We're live, Chris. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen when they Rule 34, the actual Rule 34? Yes, yeah, that's right. it's <laughs> so raunchy. We're not going to explain Rule 34 on here. Yeah, if go you, look if it, you don't know what it is, Google it. Go look it up, kids. But on private search. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. So they they captured Clayface at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're reading the list of things, and Robin turns to Batman and says, "Yeah, also murder." Mm-hmm. So, do you think that was murder? No, I also wanted to bring that up. Oh, good, because it's not because it, it's 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 not really the clone argument. Because I wouldn't say she's a clone. No, she is an appendage that can just think for itself. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I guess. I mean, I feel like the closest we could get would be multiple personalities, mm-hmm. right? So it's just you could have a multiple personality manifest itself in a physically separate entity. Yes. But it's not considered murder when you, like, eliminate, uh, like, a multiple personality. Yeah, it, it's considered psychiatric help. Yeah. To, to block off a personality. I guess it's not murder, or you're not getting rid of it. If I understand psychology enough, which I don't, you're not getting rid of the personality. You're kind of blocking. You're tuning it out. Okay, is kind of what I understand from it. Yeah, but I I will because I agree with you. I would I wouldn't classify it in like the legal sense of murder. But it it does feel like an on screen character death. Like it does. It, it's given the sort of weight and time in the episode itself to feel mm-hmm. that way. Another thing that I would love what I that I would have loved to see is Robin because you do see him kind of lose it. Because mm-hmm. he's about to just murder Clayface by diluting him in some kind of solvent. Yeah. Solvent. Um, but after he like blows up and lands on the other side, I would love for Robin to come up with the batarang and kind of like cut through the chest and like kind of dig, dig in and in. try and pull her out. Yeah, I think that would have been probably a little too much. For, that would have been for... really intense. But that being said, it, it would have been kind of a cool moment. And then to see. Batman have to because because there was an undertone of this episode that I think. I really wish they would have played out. And it's the Robin is still a kid. Yeah. And you see, and I think he sees how fortunate he is because there's that one kind of off scene that doesn't really fit the episode when he goes to the homeless area and oh, he sees the, the three kids the sleeping kids. together. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like, if they would have kind of played that angle up a little bit more and have had Bruce be more of a, fa- a father figure and less of a boss, mm-hmm. um, especially at the end. Yeah. When, like, like you, I would have loved to just see Robin just break down. Mm-hmm. Like, he he goes out, he, like, he goes up to Clayface to try and find Annie. Batman has to come and just kind of, like, hold him, and, like, she's gone. Like, she, ne- like, she wasn't real or something. Like, some just devastating line yeah. of just, like, what you had was real, but she wasn't. She wasn't. Mm-hmm. Well, and I actually hadn't thought about this until just now as you're saying it, but part of the reason I think this would affect Tim, say more so than Dick, was the background that Tim came from. Mm-hmm. So he probably saw, not only did he have like a like a, a crush on Annie, but he probably saw a lot of himself in her as this this kid who like he even says like, yeah, my dad was a piece of work too, but she's like stuck in this terrible situation with nowhere to go. And like you said, he recognizes how fortunate it is that he's been given a chance out of that. Yeah. And so, to, yeah, I guess you're right. If they had expanded on two episodes, they could have spent more time pointing out what Tim has gained by becoming 
you know, Bruce's adopted son also becoming Robin. Yeah. And how he would try and do anything he can to help someone else in that same sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, like it would have been really interesting for him to like try and take Annie to the Batcave. It was like the only place he knows is safe. And for Bruce, like, no, you, right, you can't yeah. bring someone to the yeah, Batcave. He even yeah. makes a note at the beginning where he's like, "Oh, what? Like, why are you trying to win it, run away from me? Is it the mask?" I'm like, "Are you going to give your identity to this girl?" I because I've been a long time. I thought I was going to have to like, is he take his mask off? Is he going to give her like his real name? Like, luckily he didn't. That would yeah. be real dumb. But yeah, it, it had a moment like that. Because that's that's my favorite joke in Young Justice. Uh, is even when he is uh, in the first half of Young Justice, when it's still Dick Grayson, uh, even when he's in school, uh, he's always wearing sunglasses. You never oh, see his eyes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. God. So cool. Yeah. So actually, that that idea about um, like revealing your secret identity comes back around in the series finale of Batman Beyond. I don't, okay. know, if, I don't know if you've ever seen I, it. I don't remember it. Well, it'll be a while before we get there, but it's, actually, <laughs> it's a really good episode that kind of touches on that idea of like why it's even dangerous to reveal to like a random person who you think can never get back to you why you mm-hmm. shouldn't reveal who your identity is. It's pretty good. Um, did, we, did we ever talk about uh, the Spider-Man problem with that exact point? I mean, from The Amazing Spider-Man when he just like takes his mask off to like tell the little kid like don't don't worry, <laughs> well, just, which is actually kind of a sweet moment that to is, be fair. That is, yeah. No, just in general and, and why... Oh, the fact that like that's part of the problem with the movies is they have to keep finding a way for him to lose his mask yes. in the third act so we can see him be expressive and how mm-hmm. they kind of save figure that out in uh homecoming sort of with the eyes yes that's the exact point i was gonna say <laughs> okay well there we go yeah also i guess i hadn't thought about that but it also helps too that he's in his or like his homemade spider-man suit at the end as well because that doesn't have the same sort of full mask so you can mm-hmm. kind of justify that the removal of it a little bit better yeah uh yeah that's what i was gonna say okay good well, out of my mouth yeah Happy to mm-hmm. steal that thunder right away. Uh, but yeah, amazing episode. It is a weird episode. I uh, there's the one offline about Barbara, which which is great. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Batman's with Gordon and and Robin's in the corner, kind of daydreaming about Annie. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm just thinking about a girl. He's like, oh yes, uh, you know those teenage phases. I'm glad Barbara's then. I'm glad Barbara's out of that. What did I wrote oh, it like, down. Uh, like his past her wild days. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Bruce gives that look like, oh. mm-hmm. yeah. So I I did read something interesting um, on like because the Amazon trivia, I was watching my iPad this time, so mm-hmm. like, that's a little bit of trivia. And apparently, um, I hadn't noticed this. Batgirl is in nearly every episode of this series. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that was actually a big push from Kenner, who was doing all the toys, because they wanted Batgirl in there to capitalize on her appearance in Batman and Robin. Now, the irony, of course, was I was eight when these were out, Mm -hmm. and I was buying Batman toys, and there was basically never a Batgirl figure anywhere. Interesting. They made one Batgirl figure for, like, the BTOS series, and it was her, you know, like, like, some of the older toys, like, it was, like, she was, like, hanging from some sort of, like, glider or something like that, so her arms were, like turned in and she had like the big kind of hooked claw hands mm-hmm. so it had this weird like kind of gorilla pose but it wasn't even like it was a, a slight change on her uh BTOS suit and then they did like a re-release of that figure because like they had one Batgirl figure mm-hmm. um and they did like a re-release with the the new Batgirl styling on it but also it was a weirdly constructed thing where her head wasn't like connected via like a, a mechanical piece it was glued on like oh, the figure would weird. come part all the time so the first time they made like an actual really good Batgirl figure, it was an exclusive as part of uh, Batman Vengeance, which was a fighting game 
done in this style. It was I remember actually really liking the game because you had it was kind of even a precursor to like the Arkham series. Mm-hmm. Like you could play as the four leads and you would go through these missions and it had like like Bane. Like there was one point where Bane drives a a massive like shipping tanker somehow into the Batcave. And so you're on the ship trying to prevent him or his henchmen from getting off and breaking into the Batcave. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all done in this style, like video game, but in this exact animated style. Really, really fun. But there was a uh, an exclusive Batgirl figure that came For with that. PS2. Yeah, it I think mine was on a PlayStation 2, yeah. And I still have that Batgirl figure somewhere stashed away in a box. I've never heard of this game. Yeah, it was fun. I don't Published by Ubisoft. It's like Batman. Oh no, was it Batman Adventures of Batman the Rise of Sun Tzu? Uh both of them existed. I'm thinking of Batman the Rise of Sun Tzu. Okay. Not Batman Vengeance. Which one was Batman Vengeance? I don't know either of them. Okay, yeah. So I, I had a sli- I had a, sli- I had a slightly wrong cuz I never actually air. beat the game cuz it was like nearly impossible to beat Sun Tzu at the end. Well, not Sun Tzu. Uh, the game is based for the television series The New Batman Adventures itself is a successor that is a successor to the widely acclaimed Batman the animated series and the game Batman finds himself entangled in a web of his villain schemes while attempting to stop the Joker's plan to destroy Gotham City. That's Vengeance. Yes. Okay, I'm thinking of the other one. Sun Tzu. Is it Sun Tzu or is it Well, Sun Tzu actually doesn't he write the Art of War? Sin Tzu. Sin Okay, it was close. Very close. Yeah, Sun, yeah, Sun Tzu is is Art of War. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it was a really fun game though. But yeah, like there was never any Batgirl figures. I don't know why they made that big push because they really dropped the fucking ball on Ooh, it. Ooh, it came out for GameCube. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. Wow. I'll. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I just want more of this episode. This episode was so good. It was. It was really really good. We're, we've been pretty lucky, mm-hmm. actually, of late. Because I mean. We both had some issues with the Dark Side storyline in the last one, but overall they're really good. And mm-hmm. I think they are worth the payoff in the end with Turpin, even if the episodes themselves aren't great. Yeah. Um, and luckily this time around, the whole episode with Annie is really good. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, the emotional point at the end is pretty strong. And then, oh, we're getting Supergirl next week. Ooh. Supergirl. Uh, and then also the end of season two of Superman the Animated Series next week. Oh. I know. Uh, oh, I wanted to jump back because I think we just kind of brushed over the top and we didn't actually have like a good conversation about it. Please. Um, the 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 what is what is conscience what is alive oh idea because with clayface and you kind of see it sometimes with like plasmius and and a couple other characters that have kind of the like the the that shape shifting yeah the absorbing yeah. thing um where like how much control does he still have because you do sometimes see clayface and plasmius where they like they'll lose an arm and the arm will stand up and kind of keep walking on its yeah, own crawl back towards yeah. it yeah um, you know, one thing we could maybe say is that this may have been a, a one-off thing for Clayface because he was left in the water and he came across a chemical that kind of bound him back together just enough to form a splinter part of him. Mm-hmm. So it's totally possible that he could never do something like this quite again. Yeah. Um, cause even, um, Sandman, that was the other one. Sandman has an episode about a similar episode to this in Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, which isn't as emotional as this, but it's mm-hmm. the same idea. Uh, where he it's, he's broke himself up into three people, a child version of himself, the one that we know, and then kind of the kind of like a, a a young adult version of Sandman, and then kind of like the the hulking Sandman that we remember. Okay. Um, but yeah, with this, with going back to to Clayface, like yeah, I I, I think um, that could be kind of a one off power. Mm-hmm. Another thing I would have loved to see is like. Uh, the reason he's hunting Andy down is like he put so much of himself in her that he is significantly weaker than usual. That would have been interesting. Like he, too. He's still yeah. strong. Like he could still be as strong or a little stronger than Batman. Yeah. But like 
yeah, the reason he needs her is he's incomplete. Yeah. Without that much of himself. Yeah, because I guess he... So then, like, it would make sense for Robin to, like, fight him and be not a threat, but, like, be able to hurt him. Yeah, be able to, like, and go... And then when he absorbs her, then Robin, like, kind of goes crazy and loses control. Yeah. And he tries to punch him, and, like, it's just, like, it's a wall. It's all for naught. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this would work, like, multiple man, where, like, the splinter goes off, and then they're two separate pieces of consciousness that mm-hmm. then merge on top of each other yeah. when she comes back. That was another idea that I had when, because then they merged, I wanted Clayface to absorb the memories. Yeah. Where he would feel a little compassion for Robin. Or I was wondering. Or at least like falter for a second. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe that she was going to try and like, there was going to be a battle for consciousness that he would then be losing focus because Annie would be trying to fight against him. Um, So I get, I mean, I guess the way they show it here. I feel like the more time she spent on her own, probably the more like the more of original Clayface's consciousness she would have developed. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess because she did say it wasn't until she left him, she left the sewer, that she kind of became independent. Yeah. So I guess his control over himself only lasts so f- can only go so far. It might, it might be a time thing. To time or distance, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the time thing might make it, make it interesting. Yeah, so I guess, is she, does she have her own distinct consciousness? Because I think it was also in the first Clayface episode when Batman was analyzing the clay, wasn't it still moving? Uh, no. What was that? What broke this? What broke the container? What am I thinking? I don't, that's I'm not probably thinking... It's probably another Clayface episode. It's either, it's either Clayface or I'm thinking of the symbiote from Spider-Man. Oh, again. yeah. So I guess I am thinking the symbiote from Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I don't think most of them is normally sentient. Mm-hmm. So this one tiny little piece. Um, does she have consciousness though? Because she does fight against Clayface. She has free will. That's true. Yeah, I guess that that's closer. Hmm. I don't. Know, what do you think? That, I don't know. I, I don't think Clayface has the ability to create life. No, I don't think so either. Um, so I think he can... I don't think if she had memories, I don't think it would have been any of her own. So she makes the comment, and this is where I... Um, I don't know if I would have picked this up if I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. They're walking by a movie theater, and she makes a comment about seeing lights. I wasn't expecting yeah. the lighthouse. I thought she was flashing back to Clayface being an actor. Oh, that's a good and point. She, like, yeah. she was thinking about like a premiere that, that she had that, been to. Yeah. That, w- that would have been interesting. Yeah. That's where see. I thought she was going with the light. And then she's like uneven surface. If it was, I'm like, that was kind of lost me. It was like, yeah. I remember like a red carpet. Oh. And I'm like, oh shit. Like that would have been such a cool connection. Yeah. But I think they're kind of abandoning that, that he was a former actor. I think at this point, yeah. But you know what? You're right. I, I, I was hesitant to say that I would have liked to see this done in two parts. I think it's very concise. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I think there's actually a lot of stuff they could have played with that would have been pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think having more information about how her brain would have evolved over time would have been a good, better indication of like what kind of consciousness she has. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'll write a spec script. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Growing Pains Part 2. Yes. Yeah. More Growing Pains. <laughs> painier. Growing Painier. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is really really good, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think proof that 
they were still on point when they were doing the new Batman Adventures. Oh, they knew exactly what they were doing all yeah. the time. And I think I think I think we're getting I think Love is a Croc is our next new Batman Adventure, which is like okay. Okay. But um yeah, overall these are still pretty God, pretty damn good. I know. Mm. Do you have any other notes? No, no, no. Talked uh, at length about this one, but I did. Yeah, one one of the best. It would make my short list, hands down. Oh yeah, I, I did have one other note for Joker, Joker's Millions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love a toy of Joker in his golfing outfit. Yes, with this with the bent club. With the bent club. Oh, that was a great moment. With, like Bruce mm-hmm. out on the the golf course with Just, his lady friend. With his lady friend. Yeah, Just being a total Lothario. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bruce, you dog. Yeah, you. I'd love that toy. That would be amazing. Uh, but I, I would first want us to go of course get shirtless Batman versus shirtless Roz. I guess. God, it can be a three pack. We need those. T- <laughs> <laughs> the golf shirt can go on any any three, uh, of, any three of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, you gotta get some plugs for us this week. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I haven't been watching anything good. Uh, I've been. So how is that different from every other week, Cameron? Because <laughs> this stuff is usually just like mediocre, and this is just bad. Uh, I've been, I've been trying to get through the gifted, uh, it got worse. I thought you had been saying really positive things about it. No, I've been talking about the runaways. Oh, but I thought they're separate, <laughs> but no, I thought you were saying that the gifted was good. Did I talk about the gifted last week? I don't know if you talked about it on the podcast, but I think you talked to me about it. I said it was fine. Uh, there's a lot of characters and yeah, it's, it's just got, it's not, it's not great. Cause I, I would heard. say the runaways is better. Okay. Cause I've actually heard good things about the gifted. I have I have three episodes left and it's I I'm I'm struggling. Really? Mm-hmm. I guess I include it then anyways. Um, but but going off of the the great bad movies, I think I've plugged this once before, but oh. I watched it again and it's oh, still no. great. I rewatched Shallon Soccer. I don't think you have actually. Oh, it's so. Have you seen Shallon Soccer before? I've seen bits of it. I don't know. Is that actually a bad movie though? I mean, it's a comedy, so mm-hmm. it's like I don't know if it's actually that bad. I mean, it's it's kind of satirical, so yeah. Uh, it's amazing. I've seen, I think I've seen a piece of it, yeah. Uh, I remember I had a, a conversation with my coworker about that actor and how he's just like, like we always associate Jackie Chan with being the king of like action comedy. Yeah. But the actor from uh, from Shaolin Soccer, whose name I don't remember right now, he makes these just like unbelievable comedic oh, action. Oh, Stephen Chow. Yes. These unbelievable comedic action films. Oh yeah, because he he also what else did he do? Uh, I don't think he did Kung Fu Hustle. I was about to say yeah, Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, uh, he has one where he's a, a chef, um, and it's oh I need to remember the name because it's very up, it's very high up on my list to watch next. Um, you you can you can start your plugs while From I find Beijing this. with love. No, the tricky master. No, king of comedy. No. All's well ends well. King of comedy I've heard is really good the too. The God of Cookery. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get there eventually. Yes, the King of Cookery is, is very heavy on my list. And I've okay. also heard King of Comedy is very funny too. Yeah, I um I should check I should check out Kung Fu Hustle and Shallon Soccer because I've heard good things about both of those. Mm-hmm. So not never never enough time. I know. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so... What have you been watching, reading, listening to? I finally watched Get Out. You finally watched Get Out? I finally watched Get Out last night. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk in length about it here just because I was lucky enough to have gone in not really knowing anything. Good. And so I was able to really enjoy yeah, it. it's... 
Yeah, because I was the same way. I, I went in not knowing anything about it. Yeah, I think and I, I don't want to say. I may have else. seen a trailer, but like I know I, I kind of avoided it because I knew I wanted to see it, and I happened to not see it in theaters, and I've avoided everything about it since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally watched it last night, and it's oh, it's so good, so good. Yeah, I I have it's so unsettling. I know. I'm so I, happy it's nominated. I am too. Like I'm. It's one of those movies. It's it's kind of an odd choice for best picture in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's flawed, but it has incredible things about it and just like the way you feel the experience of watching it's so amazing yeah but i'm glad that it's one of those like kind of odd movies that i would hope would be able to fill in those extra spots for the best picture Mm -hmm. do you uh have i told you my favorite joke from about the movie no um i don't remember who made the joke but they said do you know why get out is a get out is a comedy Hmm. because the tsa does something oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes oh the the friend yeah uh Ron, Ronnie. I think I think Ron. Ronnie. I haven't seen it since it was since it came out in theaters. God, I should know. I literally just watched it yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Like, I so we watched it on like HBO Go. I think they're doing some re-releases in the theater because of the nomination. They should, yeah. If so, I want to try and catch it in the theater if I can. You should. I love to have that experience. But mm-hmm. my God, is it? Um, it's amazing. Yeah. So that's like a. a that was a big one. I was super excited to finally get that in. And then the other plug I had this week is uh, my friend Derek actually just directed a short film that he put up on Vimeo. Ooh. Yeah, my friend Derek Mari. And uh, it's called Beauty. And it's just Beauty. absolutely beautifully shot. Um, yeah, it's really fantastic. So uh, again, another one that's kind of better just kind of going and watch it not really knowing what it's about. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's really, really fantastic. I recommend it. So I'll throw that in the notes. Go, uh, go give that a watch. It's All right. It's great. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, and that does it. Is right? that, that's how yes. we end it, right? Yes. I think it's 69 we're episodes done. in. We're done. We're <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, Cameron, where can we find you? Uh, were we to <laughs> want to see what your social media life is like? Were we to want to see basically just tons of photos of you at Disneyland? Uh, you can find me at, I guess I guess I can I can plug our page. Oh, you can? Uh, you can finally do it? Because it's, it's public now. Oh. Um, uh, I've been working on this uh, project for the past few months uh, called Core Memory Co. Uh, and I am starting my own line of like off-brand nerdy stuff. I think it's weird to refer to it as off-brand. Like, I mean, that's technically the correct term. Un- unofficial. Unofficial. Unofficial yes. nerdy stuff. Uh, and our page is live on Instagram. You can find us at Core Memories Co. Um, and our website will be up soon uh and we're gonna launch at the end of february Can so you, are you allowed to say what brand you are unauthorized like, <laughs> uh, uh i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be unofficial disney merch okay yeah i feel like that's kind of important so people know <laughs> yeah what it is. well i mean i want to expand outside of disney but right now right, it's right unofficial now it's, disney yeah, merch unofficial disney stuff. um uh, and you you can see kind of teases of it across my page at cam dexter underscore adventures um but yeah uh go uh, I mean, we'll have like one post up, but uh, be uh, on the lookout for that because I'm actually going to have stuff to, yeah. to show again. And for those of you who don't know, Cameron does all the art. I would assume people know this at this point, <laughs> but Cameron does all the art. I mean, he is an incredible artist and like, yes, yeah, so you can imagine his style then um, push further than the bounds of just podcast cover <laughs> art is really incredible. Like he's shown me everything. It's, it's gorgeous stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so yeah, at Cam Dexter Underscore Adventure and at uh, Core Memories Co. Yeah, yeah, super excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, I did have this pointed out to me today. You realize this now makes you an influencer, right? Yes, it does. Uh, oh yeah. Honestly, I want to say 
That's the whole reason I did it. Uh, just so I could say that I'm an influencer. Because someone tried to accuse us of being an influencer. I'm like, we don't influence, <laughs> we don't influence anybody with this podcast. Mm-hmm. There, there's no one coming to us for our, our sage advice about what they should wear, what they should do. <clears throat> yeah. So, but yeah, this makes you an actual influencer now, Cameron. Yes, it does. Am I allowed to associate with you now? Yes, you, you have to. Ah, damn it, I'm trapped. I'm locked in. Well, where can we find you? Uh, I am at Lordifer on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I don't have anything cool like unofficial <laughs> Disney shirts to go check out, but you can come check out my, my boring life. <laughs> um, and then, of course, as a podcast, we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and a Gmail. Yes. Uh, I think I mentioned before, we are now up on Spotify. Mm-hmm. We're also now up on YouTube. Yeah. I'm still figuring it I'm out. still having some issues with YouTube. That's fine. Um, YouTube's having some issues with itself right now. That's true. There's absolutely some stuff going on there. But yeah, so all these new episodes are also up on YouTube. And at some point, I'm going to start trying to get all of the back catalog up there. Great. Um, that's going to be a, a, a daunting process. Yes. But I'm, I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, please email us and tell us what we got wrong this week because <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot. Yeah, but hey, at least eventually we got things right about Texas. Again, thank yes. you, Andrew. Thank you for our <laughs> <laughs> live <laughs> our live studio audience. Yeah. Oh, someone asked me to, <laughs> I fucking kid you not. A friend of mine asked me today, is your podcast live? I'm like, who the fuck would sit and watch it us? It is now. <laughs> and Andrew's been sitting off in the corner silently <laughs> watching us. Uh, I can think of no worse way to spend an hour. I'm sorry, Andrew. Uh, thank you guys for listening again, and we'll right. see you next week. Bye. Hey, y'all, it's me, Tammy Totson. Hello, my name is Bill. You know me, I'm Dionysus, the god of water. Are you tired of bars telling you about how good their record is? I found gold under my grandma's house, and I didn't know what to do with it. But then I heard this commercial, and I said, okay, here, you can take all 4,500 pounds of this gold. I got $26, and now I can go to Arby's. Call today, one 888 Side effects include depression. The best medicine podcast here on the Nerdist School Network. Stop dressing up your cat and fall in love. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.